all board to your new weekly favorite podcast, Next Stop, where you will find out all there is to know about trains. 2021 is the European year of rail, a year to remind us that the journey is as important as the destination. We are Aurélien and Lucia. And this is Next Stop Last Episode, a podcast by the Spring 2021 trainee of the European Committee of the Regions. In 2019, transport of goods or railways corresponded to approximately 400 billion ton kilometers. Railway transport is responsible for 8% of international passengers' transport and 90% of freight transport. The European rail supply industries represent 46% of the world rail supply market and employ around 400,000 people. All this while emitting only 0.5% of global carbon emissions. A shift to night trains has been gaining momentum recently, especially considering that high-speed trains can replace short-distance flights by 80% on the same routes. Did you know all this, Aurelien? No, I didn't. And I was impressed by this number, so were we. But there is uh, so much potential to achieve more. Luckily enough, several projects were proposed by the member states and were included in the union guideline of the TNT network. Do you know what is it? For those of you who are not familiar with it, the TNT or Trans-European Transport Network aims to close the gap in the European transport system and bringing the different mode of transport being railway, maritime, or water transport, and so on. Railway projects are a prominent theatres within the TNT. Examples of proposals are the Berlin-Palermo railway axis, or the one from Lyon to the Ukrainian borders, or even the freight railway axis from Sinus to Paris, and the Fermat Belt railway axis in the Baltic Sea, just to name a few of them. Next stop. As we come to an end to this podcast series, it is also a time to look into the future. Let's hear it from the guest. We're very happy to be joined today by Erasmus by Train, a student-led initiative whose goal is to bring closer the Erasmus and Interrail, and by doing so, contribute to a more sustainable Europe. Most students, during their mobility, fly to their destinations instead of using other modes of transport. Erasmus by Train is calling the European Union to provide free interrail passes for students to and from their exchange location. Hello Tatiana, welcome to our podcast. Erasmus by Train is quite recent, right? I believe it was launched in 2020. Where did the idea come from and how can young people from all over Europe engage with this project? Hello, uh, thank you for hosting us on the podcast. It's really an honor for us to be represented here in this podcast and to be granted the opportunity to be speaking on the future of rail with you in this last episode. And as an initiative, we were really happy to see that you as the Committee of the Regions trainees took on the important task of raising awareness of the European Year of Rail and the crucial role that rail mobility plays in the transition towards a more ecologically and socially just future. Um, and yes, you're right, Erasmus by Train was founded in January 2020. The initial idea actually dates back to the summer of 2019, when a few of those who later on became the founders 
met at a summer academy in the UK, which dealt with the most pressing challenges of our time and time ahead of us. And obviously climate change was a central topic of discussion. And it was during one of these debates that many of the participants realized that there was quite a mismatch between their thinking and their own actions. All of them were concerned about climate change and realized that there was a pressing need to act upon this threat, which is why they participated in the academy in the first place. Um, but at the same time, most of the participants had traveled to the summer academy by plane, which is commonly known as the most polluting of all means of transportation at our disposal. So they realized that the economic advantage that the plane sector has in comparison to the train sector leads to an unfair market situation in which traveling by plane is just so insanely cheap and embarking on longer journeys by train is often unaffordable for most young students. Uh, next to the economic aspects, time played another role. If the extra amount of time that sustainable travel demands is not really taken into account by program structures, then participants are often left with little choice but to choose the quick and dirty option of flying. While these points were raised as the burdens of choosing the train over the plane, there was also emerging consensus that long train rides through different landscapes, cities, countries and regions alongside other travelers were a much, much greater traveling experience and in fact a much more European experience than hopping from one capital to another by plane. And so it was through these conversations at the sidelines of the academy that a few participants realized that mobility within academia and student exchange programs had to be altered uh, to allow for and also incentivize students to travel more sustainably. So then a few months later, some of us got together in Berlin and officially founded Erasmus by Train. And as you already introduced as a nonprofit organization, we demand of the European Commission to provide every Erasmus student with a free interrail ticket for their travels to and also from their Erasmus exchange location. Um, again, the idea is supported by the three arguments I also just briefly raised. Um, sustainable travel needs to be affordable in order to create a situation in which students from really all socioeconomic backgrounds are granted the possibility of choosing low level CO2 emitting means of transport. Also, we think that when taking the time to travel to and from your exchange location by train, the journey itself already becomes part of the exchange experience, which in the end is supposed to give young Europeans the opportunity to live and study, um, learn from and in another European country for some time. So witnessing changes in landscapes, languages and cultures um, on your journey should already be part of this exchange experience is what we think. Um, and lastly, and potentially most importantly, Global warming, climate change, biodiversity loss, and so many interrelated problems really need to be tackled heads on right now. The European Union, in our view, can no longer only demand other actors to change towards more sustainable models, but needs to start, start altering its own and so far very successful programs in order to fulfill its own sustainability goals set out by, for example, the Green Deal. Um, currently, there's three out of four of all 350,000 Erasmus participants taking the plane every year. And if not changed, then the Erasmus program is soon to become a problem for climate action and might lose its popularity, which, given the benefits that the program brings to the European identity of young students, would really be a shame. Um, you also asked how people can engage with our project. So, first of all, interested people are obviously very welcome to join us in various positions. 
uh, especially by raising awareness of the problem of flying in the context of student mobility at the home universities, for example. And second, I personally think that often actions go a longer way than the mere talking, although I guess the talking is also important, which is why we're in this podcast episode together. But when planning your Erasmus exchange, people should take some room and time to consider whether ditching the plane for the train could be an option for them. There's plenty of resources on our own website that aim at helping students to plan their trip. Uh, you can talk to your friends, your peers, and fellow students about the issue, and potentially you'll be able to convince others of the importance and also the fun, um, and will find old or new travel buddies to accompany you on a quite unique train ride across the European continent. Wow, Tatiana, this, this organization and, and what you young people are putting in it amazes me, really. And I can relate to it since I also did my Erasmus back in 2018, and it was Yeah, it was cheaper and easier just to fly to my destination. But you're right, we should, we should start changing ourselves. And yeah, we should start seeing the options instead of just booking the cheapest flight. Um, another initiative issuing free interrail passes to young people is the Discover EU competition, which we already discussed in this series in previous episodes. While there are around 60,000 passes to be distributed in this autumn mega round, this is still an initiative that does not cover all young people. The voice is calling for a full coverage of all 18-year-olds of free interrail passes are growing in Europe. What kind of synergies do you think your platform could build with this initiative? Yeah, that's an interesting question because we actually work very closely together with uh, the initiators of the Free Interrail or Discover EU initiative, Martin Schwer and Vincent Heer. And our idea has definitely also taken inspiration from their campaign and success. So credit to where credit's due. <laughs> um, the activist duo has recently published a policy paper titled The Path to Universal European Youth Mobility in 2020. Uh, maybe we can drop the link in the show notes because it's really quite interesting. And in it, Herr and Schwer make very operational and useful proposals for the Interrail program, which we also generally support. And I can briefly discuss a few here because I really think they're quite interesting. So first off, the, uh, they propose to enlarge the Interrail network, including the EU member states of Malta and Cyprus, which are currently not covered by the Interrail network, and also broadening the modes of transport covered by Interrail to include bus and ferry lines, as well as rental bike services. Uh, we think that this demand is crucial to our idea as well because a common counter argument to our claim and also one brought forward by the EU Commission itself is that providing free interrail tickets to all participants would result in an unfair and unequal situation where let's say participants from a central European country like Germany can easily ride the train to the exchange location in let's say Barcelona, while residents of island states such as Cyprus will have a much harder time reaching the exchange location in let's say Northern Sweden. And obviously this difference in geographical spatiality is a very relevant point and needs to be taken into consideration. However, we think that when providing the right infrastructure, the right frameworks, the right opportunities to people, those geographic differences can start to appear less relevant and as less of an obstacle. We therefore disagree that the geographic differences should be seen as an a priori argument against sustainable travel. Um, but rather they should be faced heads on, which is why Harris and Sperr's proposals to 
proposal to broaden the interrail program by countries and means of transport is so very crucial to its success. Um, a second of many more genius ideas brought forward by Heron Schwer is that of the Discover EU app, which seeks to provide information, support, and also a platform for connecting with fellow travelers. And we all experienced that the first time we embarked on a long train ride through Europe uh, was a very daunting step and booking trains in different countries is like weaving your way through a jungle of platforms and operators. But being able to plan and execute your trip with others could take a lot of pressure away from students. So if a Discover EU app were to be launched, the same infrastructure could be used to facilitate Erasmus participants to find travel buddies and plan that trip via the app. Um, Heron and Spare are actually currently in the process of finishing up another policy paper to be published in the upcoming weeks, in which they themselves highlight more important synergies between Discover EU and the Erasmus by Train initiative, as both of our initiatives strive to make student mobility more accessible and also more sustainable. Thank you so much, Tatiana. I couldn't agree more on the fact that differences in, in regional accessibility should not be a counter-argument to making this infrastructure more accessible and, yeah, for everyone. Um, now, <laughs> taking into consideration the European Green Deal goals and being the Erasmus programme one of the biggest success stories of the European project, the European Commission is looking to make the programme more inclusive, with an added budget of approximately 12 million euros, and to contribute to the twin digital and green transitions. What other measures could the EU put in place to green the Erasmus programme, using the potential of the railway sector? That's a very good question. So generally, we really appreciate the effort of the European Union to green the Erasmus Plus programme. And obviously, um, the fact that the world is warming makes it a really crucial step as well. Um, however, we think that it's not a very harsh critique to say that the current proposals for sustainable travel brought forward by the new Erasmus Plus program guide for the years from 2021 to 2027 somewhat fail to be ambitious and provide enough financial and immaterial incentives to really allow for sustainable travel to become a central tenet of the Erasmus program. We have actually published an elaborate statement on the new guidelines on our website for anyone who's interested to read up on our critique. But to put it briefly, there's three major points we're making. So first, the EU is willing to compensate those who choose more sustainable modes of transport. And it is thereby recognizing that currently sustainable traveling isn't really financially attractive. So that's a good point. Uh, however, the proposed compensation of 50 euros and up to additional four days of individual support to cover those travel days will not be enough to cover the full price difference between a cheap flight and more sustainable ways of traveling especially when considering the discount on flight tickets for Erasmus students in place right now due to long-lasting partnerships between, for example, the Erasmus Student Network and the company Ryanair. In contrast, we think that a free interrail ticket for all Erasmus students would be a greater economic incentive to travel sustainably. Uh, second, there's the aspect of bureaucracy. The proposed solution allows for students to opt for compensation if they have used a transport mode covered by green travel as defined by the program. Uh, this covers the use of trains, buses and carpooling. We at the moment fear that this will lead to a bureaucratic burden for both applicant, applicants and the implementing bodies, which could in turn lower the motivation to make use of this option. 
At the moment, the application steps for compensation remain unspecified, and we're not really sure how students will, for example, have to prove or are even able to prove that they have traveled by car together with their friends, for example. Um, at the same time, we think that the handout of a free interrail ticket alongside, alongside the signed learning agreement could certainly be a smaller bureaucratic task and burden. And then thirdly, we think that there could be a different emphasis regarding the incentivization. So rather than a compensation of the underdone efforts for green travel, we advocate an incentive going beyond the individual, having factual capabilities to convince a larger group of people and not only single persons with already intrinsic motivation for green travel. Um, we doubt that the introduction of a small compensation of extra costs of sustainable travel is able to feed towards the higher aim of implementing full-scale and European-wide mobility transition, which, however, is one of the central aims of the Green Deal. So, in contrast, a free interrail ticket for every Erasmus participant could really trigger infrastructural investments and convince many students to dare the adventure of international train travel. Um, We've actually submitted a petition with these points on 2nd of June to the European Parliament, uh, a link of, to which we might be able to post in the show notes as well and for everyone to follow if it's successful or not. We will absolutely post it and I really hope that it will be successful, not only for the Thank sake you. of your organization, but for the sake of all of us. Exactly. <laughs> now, we are slowly getting out of this pandemic and hopefully soon, Thousands of students will be able to enjoy one of the most significant experiences of their student lives, Erasmus. Do you have any last words to encourage them to think about trains when planning their Erasmus journeys? And by doing so, engage in the European Year of Rail. Yes, sure. Probably many more last words. Um, as mentioned before on our website, we have a newly launched student support page, which provides students with step-by-step uh, -step guidelines on how to think about, plan, and also execute an Erasmus exchange by train. Um, on our Instagram account, we continuously post stories of fellow Erasmus students who have already traveled by train, thereby hoping to inspire others to do the same. There's also plenty of tips, tricks, and also route suggestions to be found on our Instagram. Um, but most importantly, I think there's two final points to be made, or at least they're really important to me. Um, on the one hand, I hope that all of us start to realize our own responsibility and entanglement with the climate crisis. And especially as citizens of the affluent political global north, it is on us to demand systematic change from our political institutions and also to reconsider our own lifestyle choices. And frankly, the time for it has never been more urgent. On the other hand, I also really would love for everyone to see this not as a sacrifice, but as an opportunity that opens up a whole new understanding of traveling and the European continent itself. Because traveling by train takes away the time pressure often felt on hectic plane trips. It allows you to see so much of the diversity offered by the European continent. It allows you to meet other travelers on your journey and really experience the trip as part of the exchange itself. Mm, I really wish everyone who's choosing the train over the plane this year for the exchange, the vacation, or even any other reason, a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, my team and I would be very happy for you to get in touch with us to share your stories, concerns, or even answer your questions. And uh, I came up with an embarrassing last punchline. Let's rock and rail. <laughs> <laughs>
that's that's so cool and i can already share with you that i've recently booked um, a trip to my friend's place in italy and i chose the train instead of the plane although it was i must say it was more expensive and that's a pity as you said i would like to thank you so much for for this interview and for joining us today your tips have been fantastic and we will make sure to follow you on instagram and on your website thank you so much tatiana Stop. Today, we come to an end to this edition of our podcast series, Next Stop. During the past few months, it was a true pleasure to bring to you different information and perspectives from a varied number of stakeholders regarding the railway sector in Europe, as well as its cultural significance in the pop world. I was truly amazed by the so many examples that you can find on the role of trains in films, music, literature and history. We hope that this small contribution to the European Year of Rail has made you question your own mobility and the way you can engage with your elected officials to advocate for a more efficient and sustainable transport system. What do you think, Aurelian? I fully support this advice. I believe, for some of us at least, this project started as a means to raise awareness to the many advantages of this railway sector. The fact that there is more pleasure to travel by train, to see the landscape, to discuss with your friends. This is climate friendly as well and more flexible with luggage, for example. We gain the perspective of how complex it is to design an interoperable and sustainable transport system as a whole. Some of our guests have said that our decision makers cannot just focus on promoting the railway sectors and ignore the other mode of transport. It is all interconnected. Don't you think so? Absolutely. And I see that there is a thirst out there for a more sustainable transport system. And it is also the motivation behind our application to the European Youth Event. For those of you who are not familiar, the European Youth Event is an initiative from the European Parliament which will take place in Strasbourg on the 8th and 9th of October. It is a big conference in which all youth is invited to speak. The Y Factor Spring 2021 trainees of the European Committee of the Regions are proud to take part this year as activity organizers. Exactly, it's going to be so much fun. So for those of you who are attending the European Youth event, you are more than welcome to join us to reflect on the main challenges of your mobility, with particular focus on the railway sector. So write down on your agenda, 8th, 9th October, Strasbourg. Idealab, getting on track. And for those of you who cannot attend, please don't hesitate to engage with us through social media. Let's meet. And you know, another initiative to look forward this autumn is the Connecting Europe Express, which we have mentioned several times during this podcast series. It will start in Lisbon on the 2nd of September and will arrive to its final destination in Paris on the 7th of October. In between, it will stop in 38 other cities in Europe. So make sure to jump on some wagons and you might meet us there in person. Stay tuned. Oh, Lucia, I think we are coming to an end to this podcast series. I'm going to miss that. We wouldn't want to say goodbye, 
without acknowledging the big effort behind the podcast series by all those who involved in it, from the guests, stakeholders to our supporters in the European Committee of the Regions, other European institutions, and more importantly, to our wife factor group, who has worked week after week to bring you interesting debates and different point of views. From the wife factor group side, we want to give a special thanks to our colleague David Oroba, who has been single-handedly editing this episode. I would like also to give a big thank to the research team, production team, and communication team. Thank you very much. And thank you, finally, to our dear listeners for staying with us week after week. We truly appreciate your support And I hope to see you soon. We are Lucia and Aurelien. Thank you for listening to Next Talk.